Welcome to the Farm Bits Podcast, a product of Nebraska Extension Digital Agriculture. I'm Jackson Stancil. And I'm Samantha Teton. And we come to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews and panels with experts, producers, and innovators from all sectors of digital technology, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Welcome back to the Farm Bits podcast for the second episode in the Digitizing Farm Management series. Before we get started on today's content, we'd like to remind you that Nebraska Extension and the Nebraska On-Farm Research Network are offering several educational events for Nebraska producers during January and February. If you'd like more information about event opportunities, please reach out to your local Extension educator to check out the website for Nebraska On-Farm Research Network listed in the podcast description. This episode of the Farm Bits podcast features Ryan Reuse, president and co-founder of Bushel, an information technology company building out the digital infrastructure necessary to enhance and connect the grain industry, as well as providing software solutions for companies who need them. Bushel is headquartered in Fargo, North Dakota, and since it began in 2017, it has begun serving a few thousand grain facilities. Bushel's platform, including Bushel-powered apps and Bushel-powered websites, has the unique position of interfacing with both farmers and grain facilities, giving them a perspective on both sides of the grain marketing equation. Ryan will describe much more about Bushel's business model, what exactly their platform is, and how digitizing it is beginning to revolutionize the grain industry. So let's get started with our interview with Ryan. We started the business actually just working on building uh, mobile applications for any company uh, that would want to do business. And so that was the time when there was a huge boon in, in you know, apps for everything. And we did that for uh, several years and decided that, hey, we want to focus down into, um, into a single industry. Culture ended up being that uh, pick. And we also knew that we wanted to, instead of just building everybody else's technology, also build some of our own. And during this time, we were working with uh, you know, sugar beet cooperatives in the Red River Valley. We had built an application that just did something so simple and easy. It just delivered scale tickets to the, to the farmers in near real time. They went bananas over that. And it was like, man, there's just nothing. You know, it was just so simple. And just, there's just nothing like this in, in the grains industry or other parts of agriculture. And so... Uh, we were able to uh, uh, build our own platform, which is now what's Bushel Today. It went through several name changes over the years. Uh, but it was, was Bushel Today, and we delivered that to the uh, first couple of customers. I think in, I get the years mixed up, I think 2017. And that, uh, again, the farmers went just bananas over it. Um, in one instance, they had 100% of the, their, their main business farmers using the application the first uh-huh. year. And, um, you know, and, and even for me, it's been, it's been a, a huge thing. And so it's like, you know, cause you know, I still farm with the family and, it, and, you know, it's like, wow, this is just amazing. It's taking off like crazy. Um, let's just layer onto this and let's build more and more and do more and more things. And, and as you kind of go through that, it's, you know, it's like a, it's like an airplane on its way to its destination. Uh, you know where you're going, but you're constantly adjusting your way there. And so we've, we've taken that path over the years and, and uh, I've constantly added more and more uh, features to make it more robust, but also creating an ecosystem around it. And so, you know, bushel today is much the bushel today is much much different than the bushel from 
uh, three or four years ago. I guess it was 2021, so four, four years ago now. Say so on your website, we saw how many co-ops and retailers that you work with. So that is a lot of growth in just three years. I didn't realize you had started so recently. Yeah, yeah, it's been. Uh, I think there's 40,000 40, now uh, verified farm businesses um, using our platform. And, um, and I get the number mixed up, but around uh, 1,500 grain receiving locations around North America, so U.S. and Canada, that use our software. So pretty good, pretty good reach in a short amount of time. Absolutely. That's impressive. Can you kind of just give us some background on what are the biggest challenges that are facing the grain industry and the agricultural supply chain right now, you know, across merchandising, transportation, storage, the, the marketing for the farmers. Can you just give us like uh, kind of a, an overview of that? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take it. I think there's physical challenges and I think there's digital challenges and they're both separate, um, but they do work uh, harm, harmoniously together. And so I'll take it more from the digital standpoint. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, folks who can uh, talk about how to, you know, smooth out the, the physical side of it. From the digital side of it, you literally can deliver a load of grain across the country before you get the documents for that grain or get paid on that grain. And if you can drive a truckload of corn across the country faster than you can get um, get a check and deposit it, that's, that's, that's actually kind of backwards from just about everywhere else mm-hmm. um, where you generally pay for things and then and get them shipped to you. And so the, there's this huge, like, there's this huge data digital gap that, that goes and that, and that's everywhere along the supply chain. I mean, we, the, the U S North America, especially has spent so much time and energy making the most efficient physical um, supply chain possible. The digital just needs to really needs to catch up. And, and in doing that, it provides benefits anywhere along that you can think along that supply chain. So anywhere from the farmer, if I'm a farmer, uh, and, and, and I am. And so when, you know, literally I've been in the combine and, um, you know, a truck driver gets on the, on the thing and says, Hey, it looks like there's a bunch of, you know, stuff that shouldn't be in the, you know, formatter, uh, essentially. And, um, you know, maybe you should look at it and pull up the app and I, Oh, you know, they're not, they're not docking for it. Clearly it's not an issue. I'm not going to stop and adjust. And that's like a huge operational efficiency for the farmer, but then you also have the, gets the elevator, gets the ethanol plant, and it might have to go somewhere else. It might, you know, it might go from a farmer to an, eth- uh, far- uh, an elevator, might contract with a farmer and then tell the farmer to drop it off an ethanol plant. And so the farmer drives right to the ethanol plant and the ethanol plant pays the farmer and the ele- or pays the elevator and the elevator has to pay the farmer. And then everyone's got to settle in between and it gets really, uh, gets really messy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, everything from uh, capital absorption. So the ability to float all that money over a significant amount of time, all the way down to, you know, all the way down to the operational side of things, which, you know, which could be like, Hey, if this, if this uh, load, you know, doesn't get it's tested or it gets rejected. Now I had to drive the truck all the way back and forth. Well, could I do, could have done something ahead of time. So there's, there's so many opportunities along the entire supply chain. You were from pre-farmer all the way to consumer where there's a huge digital uh, gap. And, you know, I think everyone's in everyone's mind is, 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 you know, the sustainability, the carbon initiatives, um, consumer, you know, changing consumer demands. Well, consumer demands are going to change, you know, infinitely into the future. And, uh, you know, supply chain needs to be ready to be able to make those changes. And, and right now it's, you know, it's, it's very kind of boaty and slow. And, and the ability to bring digital in there not only gives operational efficiency, but also gives um, opportunity into the future for doing greater things that, um, that, you know, that maybe we're not even thinking about today. 
So I think that's all really, really good stuff. And and on the Bushel website, it says that your vision is to create that digital infrastructure that is necessary to kind of uh, enhance and connect the grain industry specifically. And so what does that infrastructure look like in terms of providing the flexibility that you think needs to be there for some of these, you know, future opportunities? Um, and why, you know, why exactly do you want to go out and create? Yeah, that's a great question. And so the you know, what does it look like? Uh, it's, you know, kind of like asking what the internet looks like. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, but, you know, generally the, it, it, from a conceptual standpoint, there's a lot of interop, there's a lot of data that is sitting in, uh, to be very, uh, exacting. There's a lot of data sitting in, uh, very an incredible amount of silos, if you will. And in many different types of, uh, formats and shapes and, being able to interconnect those is um, extremely important. Everything from the you know, interoperability, uh, you know, reconciliation with you know customers down the road. Um, I think that's really important to it. You know, it takes cost out of the system. I think you know elevators and uh, feed mills and ethanol plants, et cetera. They can you can only get so many efficiencies of scale through merging and combining um, before you get a diminishing return. And so, building digital products is one of the you know, fewer uh, places left that you can get economies of scale, uh, something to invest in to low, actually take cost out. And I think, you know, if you're a co-op or if you're an elevator, or you're uh, running a feed mill, a general manager, it's, you know, it's your fiduciary duty to, to actually, you know, have a low, lowest cost operations possible, especially in the co-op world, because co-ops have, are, are beholden to the patron, the patron dividends. Um, to have the lowest cost operation possible. And so I think just having that digital infrastructure in order to take costs out of the system is important. I mean, you think about Eastine, for example. I mean, it seems like a, a small feature, but when you think about the paper, paper envelope stamps, uh, printers, toners, um, going to the mailbox, calling the farmer, waiting for it to come back, the contract yeah. wasn't there. There was the, you know, the price change in the middle of it. And so now you have, you know, exposure risk. You think about the cost of that, it's like, you know, uh, it's, it becomes extremely expensive just to execute a single contract. Uh, and, you know, doing it digitally, not only do you get it back faster, but you save all of that uh, rigmarole and you end up taking, you know, costs out of the system, having a smooth, more efficient operation. I think that's important. I also think that building into the future, you know, if you think about 10, 20 years, I think uh, food sciences and, and health sciences are actually going to combine in a more meaningful way. And I think having the digital infrastructure, the data on that food, how that moved to the supply chain, uh, what was, you know, what were the, the testing qualities of it? How did that get put into whether it goes into feed and then into meats and then into something else or feed in the dairy or it goes straight to the consumer. Um, there's, there's such a, a black hole of, 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 you know, not knowing exactly what all it is. And people have been trying to get their hands around it. Uh, through various different farm programs or different, you know, or trying to label it with 150 different types of labels that might exist. I don't even know how many labels there are. <laughs> and you know, different types of claims. And so we're trying to get our hands around it, but it's not it's not very efficient or effective. And it certainly doesn't enable uh, health sciences. And so, you know, there's definitely a future in which you can, uh, a consumer should be able to bring their uh, food data into their health data and create very unique insight into their into you know what's going in their body and what's the what's the effects um, uh, from the food stamps and that starts with the digital infrastructure you can't do that trading PDFs back and forth uh, it becomes nearly impossible and especially when you mix in 
uh, you know, big data and data lakes and artificial intelligence and machine learning, you get into a, a spot where you can really make that thing um, uh, exciting. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So you've done a great job of laying out all these challenges that are there right now. So how is Bushel and your mission trying to overcome some of these challenges and who are you connecting in this supply chain? Yeah, that's a great question. And so the first, the first kind of area in the supply chain is, is that relationship between the farmer and uh, his or her uh, elevator or you know, the, the person they market their grain. So it might be two, three, four places. And the reason why we started there is because that was one of the big, um, that was one of the big areas where there was just, you know, it, it, it's a lot of um, uh, decentralization, right? So there's a lot of there's farmers spread all over. And if you think about who provides inputs to farmers, you know, it's not a crazy amount. And who buys a lot from the farmers, it's a smaller number than there are farmers. And so they have this kind of decentralized and, and very paper, uh, very paper-like process. I mean, if you think about, uh, you know, how fast, you know, most people think banks are slow. Well, they're probably, they were like five years ahead. Um, and, and, you know, and so there's this huge, there's this huge opportunity that, you know, the farmer just wanted easier access to this data for a lot of reasons. Okay. Let's go to that part of the supply chain and let's, let's, let's build, let's build in a platform uh, that creates, you know, interoperability. The plan is to scale that platform uh, across the supply chain. Uh, but let's build that platform and then build a, an application, which is now what most people think of Bushel today. The application is um, uh, is the is the white label branded applications that uh, farmers and elevators both use today. Uh, so I can check my cash bids. I can check my scale tickets, the contracts. I can do my e-sign, my commodity balances, my futures prices, etc. And let's use that as ground zero essentially. So let's take and, and, and create a great, you know, a great application. And then let's extend that data beyond that. So, um, so we've done a good job, excuse me, we've done a good job of, uh, of you know, building something that people go bananas for. So, you know, mm -hmm. not, not having to be, not trying to be all things, all people, but let's, let's build the best in-class technology that's absolutely possible. Uh, but let's future-proof that and, and enable that to be extended outwards. Um, so now that we have the benefit for the farmer, what what more can we do? And that's everything from uh, you know insurance reporting. So we have uh, Lane and Hale, which is one of the biggest insurance companies, um, egg insurance companies in the country, or the biggest, sorry, uh, egg insurance company. And you know, as a farmer, I have to do proof of yield reports, and that might involve me calling the elevator and getting an assembly sheet, or I, or I literally drop off a box of, of scale tickets, a shoebox of scale <laughs> tickets, and you know, and now we're like, you know, print that off, and now we're moving data with gasoline by driving, you know, paper from one place to another, and it makes no sense. It's like well, we're wasting the elevator's time, the farmer's time, the insurance company's time. So why don't we just connect these pipes up? Um, uh, on the internet and, and permission them appropriately and then pass them off and we'll save everybody in the supply chain time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, but that's just one example of, you know, dozens, right? There might be farm management systems that might need data. There might be things we're not thinking about into the, uh, into the future around sustainability that might need the data. There might, you know, also passing it, not just for the farmer's benefit, for the, for the elevator or feed mill or ethanol plants benefit, where they might be working on carb scores and they want to move uh, data along. Uh, and so there's, there's dozens and dozens of examples 
But yes, we'll create this nice tight relationship between the farmer and, and, and his or her um, elevator female. But then also, how do we extend that extend that beyond that realm into you know the other people that they have to respectively do business with? Um, so who sees the cost for this particular, uh, for, for y'all's platform? Is it mostly just the grain facility out there that, that's kind of paying for, uh, the platform and, and using it? And then the grower doesn't actually see any of the cost on their end. Yeah. So the grain elevator, the, you know, female ethanol plant, uh, uh, grain receiving station, they're the ones subscribing, paying, uh, you know, paying the, the cost of it essentially. And the farmer generally doesn't, they don't see the bill for it. Right. So we don't, we don't charge sure. the farmer and really it's really the elevator that's you know bearing the, the the responsibility to make their operation more efficient sure very cool so uh, i guess kind of on your app level um it seems like even though grain facilities might be the primary customer you know in, in your case things were built to have kind of a grower focus in terms of design and so how did you identify and, and what did you identify to be the most important factors to growers in kind of this digital platform or, or app for their grain marketing yeah that's a great question and, and i think like the, the public facing things is the grower side there is the entire uh, elevator side, the administration side, where they can do all kinds, they have all kinds of tools. So they can do everything from push notifications to we have uh, tools for um, uh, getting insight into the data, you know, wait times, wrong times, whatever it might be. Um, you know, being able to, 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 to see things um, in, in a rapid manner. And so there is actually an entire kind of backend uh, tool and tool set. So offer, you know, offer management, uh, hedging, um, you know, all those different types of things are, you know, e-sign, all the e-sign content. So there is a whole layer of kind of backend stuff that's not public facing that is for, you know, the elevator and for the, the retailer, et cetera, to, to manage and run their business and manage and run the application. On the grower side, you know, a big part of it was actually just being a farmer myself uh, and knowing what, what's important. So I think there's continuous and um, uh, uh, discontinuous innovation. And, uh, you know, continuous innovation is, okay, you know, what are the things that we really care about and, and, and how can we layer that into, you know, where we want the farmer to go? And so some of those things, you know, are those cash based and futures are obviously really important. I mean, I check those multiple times a day, but certain times of the year or when I'm really busy with, uh, you know, hauling grain, the scale tickets become incredibly important. Uh, the contracts become incredibly important. Um, you know, I once watched a, a general manager and a farmer argue whether or not getting a scale ticket in 300 seconds or 60 seconds. So five minutes versus one minute. And it was such a big deal to the farmer to get it in one minute uh, or less. And, you know, general manager's like, Oh, the truck's not even back to the field. He's like, well, that's the point. You know, I want to know before the truck even barely leaves the place exactly where to route it next. Or if I have to route another truck that's leaving the field to my bin site or something else because the moisture's too high or who knows what it might be. Or it could be mm-hmm. safety issues like, man, that truck was overloaded. I got to go talk to the grain cart operator. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even, the amount of things that farmers use these things for is sometimes mind-blowing. Yeah. And so the, um, the, 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 the ability to, to drop those things and when they're important, right? Settlements are important, you know, especially when you're, um, especially during tax time even like, I've sat down with the tax account and go, okay, you know, I, I, here's your 1099 and it's got to match it. And here's the settlements and, you know, make sure you're doing all the things and recon- reconciling those. So during the, during the course of the year, 
entire year, these things are important. But getting the things that, from a continuous innovation standpoint, getting to the things that really matter to the farmer to get them kind of hooked into that uh, was important. You know, four years ago, a lot of the customers, potential customers at the time, customers today that I would talk to, were like, okay, well, you know, how do I know anybody's going to use this thing? <laughs> and, you know, and, and so having, you know, a, a gorgeous UI and a you know, smooth system and, and even to the point of where we don't even, you know, we don't even try to disrupt the continuing operations at an elevator. Like, look, you don't have to change up all your stuff today. You just kind of put this in and, and, and you'll start trickling in those benefits. Uh, and then over time, we'll, we'll, you know, move that along into a better spot. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's kind of like a, if you're on a raft in the ocean, uh, you don't just rip the whole raft apart and you know, <laughs> jump in the water and rebuild it. You just take one log at a time and move it. And so that, I mean, that's part of the, part of the process that you have to go through and to get to a, a point of digitization. And so when you ask, you know, what's important to the, what's most important to the farmer, you know, all those pieces are incredibly important, but at different times of the year. That's a great overview of yeah, the features. And I think if someone were to look at this app, if they had it downloaded, they would see how beneficial this is to the farmer. But can you go into also why it's so beneficial to the grain facility and how this digital platform can also help them? Yeah, and, and I think there's several several instances. Um, I'll see if I can describe uh, three, three of them. One of them is the, the important part, the important relationship they have with the grower. And, you know, they are in a competitive environment. They want to procure grain and they do want to have the smoothest operation farmer. And I think there's in a lot of instances, especially if it's a co-op, they have a fiduciary duty to the grower in order to have a smooth operation. So I think building that relationship with the grower, you know, not everybody wants to be a robot. We've seen in Zoom that not everyone, we don't we like being in person. So there's no discounting the fact that we're still a human and we still want to be a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's late at night or if, it, if I'm harvesting during the day and things are busy and flying around, I want to be able to have digital tools when I need them and want them. And so I think building, you know, meeting the grower where they're at in a digital framework, I think is incredibly important uh, for the sake of that relationship. Mm-hmm. I think the next really important thing is just the cost. You can't, you can only get so much economy to scale through merging and, um, uh, you know, bringing businesses together. And digital is a great way to, to scale the operations of business without increase the size of the business without with keeping your fixed costs near the same. And I think that's challenging to do, um, especially handling volumes of grain. Uh, but I think it's important, especially from administrative standpoint and other pieces, taking cost out of the system uh, and having digital tools that can scale effectively, I think is um, uh, incredibly important. And I think the, the you know, kind of third thing is, when I think about the original purpose of a co-op or an elevator that came together, if I'm, if it's 18, whatever, 1800s, sometime that time period, I'm probably selling my grain to the, the local, uh, you know, local farmer that, that milks cows or, 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 or selling my wheat to a, to a local um, baker that bakes the bread. Mm-hmm. And these elevators came together, especially when the rail lines came across, they, these elevators, co-ops, et cetera, they came together and they said, well, why don't we pool our resources together, build a facility, 
put it on a rail line, and now we have access to a world market that we've never had before. And it was mm-hmm. a really big deal. Not only did it allow farmers and other people to sell the green worldwide, essentially, it allowed other places around the world who couldn't grow that grain to have it. So it was a huge kind of uh, benefit. When I look into the future, there's co-ops and elevators and et cetera are still, I think, beholden to making sure the opportunities exist for agriculture and supply chain. Not only to be, we spent so much time on the efficiency, uh, but now it's really important to think about, and a lot of people are thinking about this way, what are the next opportunities? Opportunity, original opportunity in the 1800s was access to a world market. What are the opportunities now? And that could be, it could be sustainability initiatives, it could be carbon initiatives, it could be uh, it could be health initiatives. It could be the demands of the CPGs, consumer package goods, sorry. So it's like, you know, what are the consumer demands and how do I keep matching what the market is asking for with what the supply is and, and essentially not missing out on it. So someone is going to come along and go, look, I can move around and, and shuffle these pieces. We get the data and, and move those into different areas. Uh, but as a cop or an elevator or, or whatever it might be, it's, you know, it's, it's the, to keep getting those opportunities to keep in front of the CPGs to, 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 you know, even in some ways, a lot of times the, the consumers, CPGs, and then it's going back to the to elevators are like, Hey, here's the, here's the, you know, what we're looking for. Well, there might be opportunities that consumers or CPGs aren't even thinking about. The farmer goes, well, I can do X. And I was like, well, I never thought about that. <laughs> and so I think there's even more opportunities like that. And you're not going to get there unless you're digitizing your, your infrastructure in, in a meaningful way. One more thing about kind of the features or the, the advantage to the facilities. Uh, besides just the ticket transfer, is it also like um, a manual process of the accounting system and the entry of what these like what the values are, or is it automated somehow from the machines uh, with their samples that they're taking? Yeah, no, um, so from the beginning, one of our we focused on more of a continuous innovation for that elevator, uh, elevator retailer, et cetera, and. Um, to use bushel, there's actually, you don't really have to touch any buttons if you don't want to. Uh, as a retailer, you can literally put the whole thing in autopilot and do nothing. That's what you want to do. And um, so every, everything, for, once the truck crosses the scale, everything is integrated. So the, the, the scale house, the, you know, you're doing the testing data, you're putting it in there, it goes in your RP, it's the, you know, it's the bushel, the futures price, the cash price, your fit, you know, basis changes, offer, all of it is completely automated. And so there's there's no buttons that have to be pushed internally uh, to get the thing to just inherently work. There's actually a range of flavors from, I want the whole thing on autopilot never to think about it, but yet to have the tool all the way to, um, man, I can really get in depth. You know, for example, if I'm an elevator and I'll, I'll just dig into uh, an example, if I didn't want to automate everything and a farmer calls in, well, I'm going to type that in once a thing. I'm going to type that into the, the offer system. Well, I might have, it's going to show up in their app uh, and I'm just going to type it in once. And the elevator is already doing that anyways, or taking sticky notes or writing things down. <laughs> and so, you know, in that instance, it's, it's zero, zero percent extra work, but they're still, you know, they're, they might be keying something in for the grower at the grower's behest. Well, there's some you know, instance of that, but you know, certainly if they want to autopilot the whole thing, they can. 
And right now, is it mainly like retailer to customer or is there a look um, either right now or in the future to do more like from the retailer to the next level up? Like, is there more business to business or you like to stay in the area that you're at? Yeah. So um, there's a lot of more business to business. So, you know, as, as um, people know Bushel today, it's the, the farmer and the renal retail elevator relationship. Uh, but we built the technology as a platform uh, underneath that kind of application, white label application that everybody knows today. And we have what part of a business that we call Connect. And so that's a, a basically an API layer that is extensible to the rest of the industry. And so on one hand, the enterprise companies from a business to business standpoint can get, um, uh, you know, whether it's drop shipping example that I described, described earlier, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having the ability to do that reconciliation faster. So some enterprises will take those APIs and they'll, they'll build them and extend them out. And then our future also you know, includes figuring out what the applications um, that are useful for the, um, uh, for the consumers on top of that. So if you think about like what is an Apple or a Google strategy, they have kind of an OS, which is, you know, iOS or Mac OS, whatever it is. Uh, but then they also have their own applications that they own on top of that. And that could be, you know, a mail or it could be, you know, maps or whatever it might be. Um, and then there's a bunch of other companies that also have applications that they've written on top of that, that operating system. So the way we think about it is our platform is really an operating system. And we have our own application that's really, you know, priming the pump and getting the engagement and getting the usage. But then we also have the API layers that, other people to build on top of that. Uh, and then we're also going to invest in some of our own applications uh, uh, in that world as well. And so whether that's, that can go all the way down the supply chain. So it doesn't, doesn't forward and backwards. It doesn't have to be kind of, you know, next layer up per se. Uh, and, and, you know, the ability for, there's the interoperability. So with my peers, I'm selling, you know, from here to the ethanol plant, I got that kind of triangle thing I got to deal with. Um, all the way to, you know, I want to have, what we call it our super scale concept, which is not just have the regular data that goes with it, like, you know, protein percentages or moisture, mm-hmm. but maybe all the field records that went along with that data, you know, all the other uh, growing practices that might have went along with that data, moving that down the supply chain for the benefit of the CPGs or, or even down to the consumer level. And so really building out that ecosystem is, is long-term, long-term vision. So can we actually dive into that a little bit more? So you've really hit on that, I think a couple of times, and we really want to get into a discussion on, I think this added value part, uh, how do we get beyond like this, yeah, this number two yellow dent corn where it's like a mass produced uniform product and we can actually like market it into the different qualities or at different levels for some of these different programs or for consumers in a way that they want it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah, that does make sense. And, and, you know, the U S food supply is, is, um, pretty efficient. And so, uh, and, and correct me if my facts are wrong, but the, the U S per calorie is about the cheapest food in the world. And, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of it has to do with their, their ability to be extremely efficient at things. Uh, but there's more than just cheapness to food, right? We want quality <laughs> food. We want a sustainable, uh, a sustainable body. We also want it in a way that doesn't either doesn't harm the planet or more importantly is, is, is a, is a, is a area where it could, it could really help achieve 
things that a lot of society is, is thinking about. Um, and so when we think about, you know, how do we get to these opportunities or how do we get away from, from yellow number two corner, you know, yellow number two corner is still important. <laughs> uh, um, it, you know, it's still, a lot of it goes in the feed and it goes in the cattle and, and mm. a lot of it gets mixed with a lot of other things, corn syrup, I mean, it's still very important. Um, the only way to truly get away from it, and a lot of times it's like, uh, there's this kind of, I don't want to call it a standoff, but it's almost like, well, we want this, who's going to pay for it? And, and it's like, well, you know, nobody knows. And um, uh, in order to get there, one, you have to have a non-cost prohibitive way to do that. And that's part of the scaling the digital infrastructure, I think. Um, and, then, and then two, you have to have the demands for what, you know, not everybody can quite even agree what they're exactly looking for. And, and there's, you know, there's, there's labels that are like USDA, USDA backs up these labels, like, Hey, these are claims that are, that are real. And there's food labels that are like, you know, not, not even, uh, they're not even, they're not even necessarily based on, based on anything. Yep. And so, um, and then it's like, okay, well, you know, someone's going to come by and audit and, you know, what did you really mean? And, and so I think in order to get there, you really have to have a system that, doesn't require, you know, 30, 40, 50% more work to get to it. And, um, uh, you know, trading PDFs around or chicken scratches on notebooks, whatever it might be, or having, and we talked about dis discontinuous innovation versus continuous innovation. If you go and ask a farmer, look, remember all the things you did the last 40 years? We'll rip that all apart and let's just do something completely different this year. They'll be like, what are you nuts? <laughs> um, and, and it's like, you have to be able to say, look, Mr. and Mrs. Farmer, you don't have to change a lot. Um, all you have to do is bring these things together, authenticate this thing, uh, and we can start to move that down the pipes. And I think there's even a future in which uh, if you're a, um, you know, a CPG or you're a consumer or you're a, 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 you know, a processor of sorts, that you could, if you have enough digital infrastructure, you could look for something that a farmer or an elevator or somebody's not even thinking about. So, you know, hey, I want, I want corn that's a carb score X. And you might know that a farmer, for example, is positioned closer to an elevator than another farmer, but they don't know that they have an inherent carb score. I'm just using this as an example. Um, but they don't know they have an inherent carb score because they're closer. Well, if you have enough data and you have enough machine learning and artificial intelligence, you could go to that farm and be like, look, you actually have an inherent carb score that's lower than a lot of other people. Your grain's worth more. You don't even know that, Mr. Farmer. And those types of opportunities are only possible, um, uh, you know, with digital infrastructure. So when, when you ask, how do we get away from yellow and two corn? The question first is, what are, you, what are you trying to get to? I think we can, you know, shuffle things around. But the, the more important question is, um, how can we set the system up so we don't even know what we want to find in 10 years. I don't know what consumers are going to ask for in 10 years. Nobody really does. <laughs> right. And, and, and how do you, how do you set up a future proof system so that no matter what the whims of a consumer might be in 10 years from now, we can get back to that without having to retool the whole system. And the way you do that is through a, a scalable digital infrastructure. 
And so uh, what is going to be the role of, of blockchain? This is something we've heard from other folks that blockchain is probably going to play a role uh, in this whole process of traceability and sustainability. W- what do you see the role of blockchain being? And, and I guess what physical tools are necessary to automate this process? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And uh, what was Bitcoin, like 40,000 over the weekend? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's mind blowing. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, totally. And I think like, so um, I think people confuse blockchain with um, computing power. Uh, I think blockchain from an immutable record standpoint easily could have a future. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily, uh, it doesn't mean it's it's automatic. I don't know if it's automatic, um, but if it is, it's not, you know, if, if a popular blockchain comes up, you know, it's easy for for Bushel or other companies to to write into that to that blockchain, create that immutable record. Mm-hmm. So that could, and, and, you know, then of course the, the money the money changing. So we talk about smoothing out that supply chain. Well, the money part, when you, especially when you start translating between foreign currencies, uh, it can be really beneficial. It needs to have stability in order to get there. And so if you trade on a Bitcoin one day and it's and it's moving ten percent, right now it's moving like hundreds of a percent. Um, yeah. that's way too much instability in order to, to say, look, I'll, I'll, I'll switch this into Bitcoin and then switch it back out. And even if you do it really fast in, in, in an instant, it can still move, uh, on you. And then you have, you know, so you need, it needs to be if, before it gets to the point where it can be, you know, um, not just the immutable record part, but also the ability to, to kind of to do the foreign currency translation part, mm-hmm. uh, it needs to be a little more stable and, or, or or in some cases, a lot more stable. And so, you know, there's potentially a future, but I think it needs to get more stable. And then it can't be the computing power for the industry, you know, period. Sure. It's just not it's just possible. Uh, and so you have to still have processing outside of it and then be able to link into the blockchain for time. Very cool. So if there's a grain elevator out there listening or, you know, somebody who's managing one of those facilities, or if there's a farmer out there who's like, man, I really wish that my co-op uh, and local elevator was, was offering uh, this bushel platform, where do you suggest that they go to get started and, and learn more about what Bushel's doing? Yeah. Uh, bushelpower.com is, is the, the best place to look. Um, and you know, there's real, and no, no one likes filling out contact forms, but if you <laughs> don't know my email or, 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 you know, if you have a salesperson or sorry, if you have an elevator that uses it and you want to get, you know, get their, get their account manager, you can always go that route. But uh, there's real people that look at the contact forms. So worst <laughs> <laughs> it comes to shove, you can always fill a contact form and a real human will, um, will look at it, um, and, and call back. And so. Um, you know, bushelpower.com is, is the way to. And so at the end here, what is one piece of advice that you would offer our listeners to prepare them for this increased digitization in ag supply chain management? I uh, love that question. I, so I think that there, um, there's two types of, uh, of futurists um, that exist. There's the futurists that believe the the future is going to happen, but I don't have any saying. I'm long for the ride. It's gonna, it's gonna do what it's gonna do. And then there's the futurists that believe that the future is gonna happen, but I have a say in what's going to happen. And my advice, whenever I do speaking or anything, is always have the perspective that you're part of the conversation and you're part of the journey. And especially if you're a farmer 
you own the farmland, you may rent, you own the farm operations if you rent a lot, it doesn't matter, right? So you, you own and, and operate this business. Be the person that believes the future is going to happen in a meaningful and good way and be the one that wants to take part in that conversation and that journey. People get kind of uh, afraid sometimes of not knowing what's happening or what's going to happen or, or what that is. And I think just stepping into the, you know, go to the, I mean, we don't have a lot of conferences, but going to the conference in, in pandemic world, go to the conferences, go to the, <laughs> go to the co-op and talk about digitization, talk about how you can make your farm, you know, sit down with your, you know, merchandiser or whoever it is and talk about how you can help make your farm more, uh, more efficient or how, how the elevator can be more efficient. Uh, if you have ideas, like be part of the conversation, uh, be part of the, of the, of, of actually shaping and forming this. It's, Bushel itself, can't, we can't do it by ourselves. Nobody can do it by themselves. Um, it's really going to take uh, a, whole, a whole industry um, and to some degree, maybe a whole movement. Um, and so just be an active, uh, an active player in it. And I think that's the best thing that we can do. Um, you know, think, you know, passively, uh, you know, all, all these changes are happening. Um, uh, that, I don't think that's the, the, the best way to look at it. I think you know, staying active in the conversation, being, being the person who thinks, that, you know, who believes that they have a say in the future, because we all do uh, have a say in what that future looks like. And uh, I think that's important. Thank you to Ryan, the president and co-founder of Bushel for taking the time to join us on the Farm Bits podcast. We hope that you enjoyed that interview with Ryan as much as we did. I, I tell you, that was a really fun interview to do for me. I think, you know, I, I don't necessarily know a ton about the ag supply chain and, and grain marketing, but I learned a lot today. Um, and I really enjoyed Ryan talking about their flexible and adaptable approach that is kind of looking at what potential future options might be out there for somebody who's in the, the grain marketing industry. Uh, and, and the way that I kind of see what they've built is that they are kind of connecting the pipes between farmers, grain elevators, and other potential uh, players kind of in the grain marketing space. And you can kind of think of people that are doing traceability and sustainability, as Ryan mentioned throughout the interview, right? And the data that they need is going to be there on the bushel powered platform and so really what they're doing is they're enabling value for a lot of these other um you know i guess consumer packaged goods that he was talking about uh as well as for farmers at the end of the day like farmers may be able to benefit from some of these carbon credits or sustainability me measures that they're taking um on the back end i think that's going to be a huge thing for ag in the future and it's great that the, that bushel is kind of providing the infrastructure to do that yeah, Ryan did a great job of explaining all those challenges, but then explaining how there's also infinite possibilities with all those things that you just outlined. So that, that's awesome. I also liked how this platform is built for farmers, but yet the cost is not to farmers. So they're not paying for the platform. It's actually providing an, a value added product to the grain facility, which is then yep. incentivizing them to buy it and then providing it to their customers. And I just think that was an incredible business model and just a great service that they are providing. So yeah, it was a super interesting interview. I completely agree. And I, I really like what you took away from that. I mean, farmers want to use these digital technologies and, mm -hmm. and really what they've forced to happen is a lot of farmers have to get together and say that they wanted their grain elevator. And I, mm -hmm. I just, I think that's great that they're kind of building that community, but it's also kind of de-risking it. So 
anyway, um, really cool technology. Uh, and I think we're looking forward to another great episode next week. Um, and so we're going to have Sam Schwab of CropZilla joining us, and we hope that you will be here to listen. So thanks very much. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can also be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits. Farm Bits.